Hello, and welcome to the Seven Ways Podcast. This is the series about Chumash and Midrash, about the weekly Torah portion, and some holidays, hopefully, God willing, and the Drashos, the Agada Midrash, the homiletic expoundations, if you will, using art school language. We will, in this Midrash-based series, uh, interpret the Midrashim, and we'll have a heavy emphasis on methodology, how we learn a Midrash, and hopefully come out with insight at the end. I heard on an MP3 from Rav Yaakov Weinberg that he said we were handed very clear keys to unlock the Halacha part of the Gemara, but Agoda, we were not handed direct keys to do so. So he's talking about the tradition. I want to emphasize that, you know, Analyzing halacha is a one-to-one ratio sort of deal. You're trying to find the original intent of the author. You're trying to find the, the halacha from the original source all the way down through the histalsos, all the way down through the different opinions to get to the bottom line. But you're looking for sort of question, direct answer. Question, direct answer. Yes, trying to find the original intent of the author, multiple readings of the girsa, of the back and forth, of the text. Um, but it's different than, you know, Agata and Midrash is dealing more with metaphor, with sort of ab- more abstract concepts, ideas, not necessarily technical matters. The questions are similar, but the answers end up being highly metaphorical or intertextuality, underlying ideas. So, Parshas Shmini, Midrash Rabbah, Yud Gimel Dalid. Vizosachaya, Rashi brings this into the Parsha. What does it mean, Vizosachaya? This is the wild animal. This Tana Rabbi Chia Malamet Shehaya Moshe Ochez Bechaya Omar Lehem Yisrael Omar Lehem Zeto or Vizetomi. Moshe would grab onto the animal and show it to the Jewish people and say, This is Tahor and this is Tame. That's the Vizos, this sit. So it would seem, it would seem odd, you know. Why does Hakadosh Baruch Hu have to make a miracle to bring all these animals there in the middle of the desert for Moshe to show them? You know, God only makes a miracle if it's, there's like a necessity there. I mean, surely all the different animals were not living in the desert. Furthermore, if Moshe here is supposed to be a symbol of something, he was a real man, but this is a midrash, and midrashim are not meant to be taken literally, as my Rabbi Bitsak Berkovitz told us on a daily basis, as all the Rishonim say. What non-historical statement is this making? What metaphor and message is this trying to tell us? I believe Moshe is used as a very specific symbol within a midrash and a gutta. Now, if you like Kabbalistic language, I'm going to describe this as a Nitzach thing. If you don't like it, the idea is really the same, practical. You know, Moshe is a symbol for absolute truth, for Torah, and for the direct pipeline to Kodesh Baruch Hu. Moshe Rabbeinu was a very unique Navi, as the Maharal and others write, as Rebekovitz always emphasized. It was a one-time deal that he would be a special high-level conduit in order to bring the Torah to the world in an incredible amount. And here, I believe the Midrash is saying that Moshe, meaning 
The Torah itself is a direct pipeline explanation. The direct download from the cloud, the tablets, are that the Torah tells us not to eat these animals. In other words, Kashrus is called a chok. It's a statute. It is an edict from the king that we would not have thought to make in society on our own. Whereas not stealing, not killing, not kidnapping, those are types of mishpatim, laws that if they were not written, our sages tell us, it would be fitting to have them written. So Kashrus is really just an edict from the king that we should listen to the king. And Kashrus itself is, hey, it's no big deal. Several midrashim, even look at this, the previous midrash, Yud Gimel Gimel. Amar Rebbe Brechia, B'Shem Rebbe Yitzchak. He says this in the name of him, Aristabon. He's the aristocrat. Look at that. A nice historical word here. Gadol, great man. To all the people who did not eat Mevelos, you did not eat a dead animal on the side of the road, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reward you. And you'll eat from them. Lolam Haba in the future. Can you imagine? Uh, Mashiach comes and we're sitting down to eat treif. I mean, people who are very frumpt, people, you know, highly emotional, kosher adherents will be very nervous about this. Oh my goodness, we're eating a pig. The other Midrashim, we're eating the Leviathan. Oh my gosh, we're eating the Leviathan. Oh my goodness, how can I handle this? No, because Baruch says, it's nothing. You do what I say. You eat kosher today, you don't eat tomorrow. The, the point is not that there's intrinsic poison in there. I remember a very funny conversation. Um, we were studying in the Masmicha program, the Jerusalem Kolel, with Rebidzak Berkowitz. I believe I'm about to say the correct halacha. Anybody from J. Kolel can correct me. I believe we were learning the source for the fact that non-kosher food is forbidden and that suffolk treif is forbidden. There's a, there's a separate category, really, people learn, according to many people, that if something is doubtfully kosher, you know, a mixture, an admixture, where did it come from, is also forbidden. So, Roberkovitz, one-time deal, he never did this that I saw otherwise. He had us raise our hands. Do you believe that this Suffolk trafe should be forbidden? Everybody raise their hand except for me. Then he says, who believes that the Suffolk trip should not be forbidden? I raised my hand because, hey, there was not an additional source. And so the person in front of me leaned back and said, you didn't go to a super yeshiva yeshiva, did you? And I said, uh, no. <laughs> but I still learned. So I learned in yeshivas. So uh, the idea is that, you know, when people get wrapped up in sort of the cultural, emotional Judaism, what ensues from there is paskening from emotion. You know, what comes from there is not the pure halacha, the beauty and the essence and the reasonability of the, the law. What did Hashem say? It becomes what do people feel in the, in the guise of frumkite, being for frumt. And that can be harmful to people. It's too strict. It's too expensive. It's too, you know, you know, shoving people out of society, not including them, making them feel um, pushed out and wrong for believing what they believe. But aselech rav, you know, Peker Abos, you should make yourself into a rabbi, not that you will receive ordination, but that you will know what God wants from you. You have a direct pipeline to Kodesh Baruch to God. It's not totally through the group. It's not totally through people who may have wronged you or others. You are allowed to know what Hashem wants from you and to pray directly to God. And that's the message of Shemini. 
Moshe Rabbeinu was a conduit to bring down the truth to us, and we are keeping kosher now and not tomorrow because we follow Hashem, and we trust that the reward is kosher. 